sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week begins. Right here, right now, live on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning to start off your new week. There is a ton to get to from around the weekend, including the start of the 2023 college football season. And speaking of football, the preseason in the National Football League is now in the books. An important and significant 48 hours ahead for all 32 organizations around the NFL. Tomorrow is cut day. You need to trim down your roster to just 53 guys. All of those impacts as we get ready for the regular season just about a week and a half away. And of course, the stretch run, the final month or so in Major League Baseball continues on jockeying for postseason positioning all around MLB. We're here for the next two hours up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on the grid. Week zero Saturday of the 2023 college football season and for the first time since the 2019 campaign we saw a ranked team in action on Saturday and not just one ranked team in the top 25 but two in both ranked in the top 15. We start with the reigning Heisman winner Caleb Williams and his sixth ranked USC Trojans. USC opening up the season inside the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum at home on Saturday evening as a 30 and a half point favorite against San Jose State. And we knew USC was going to score. They put up 56 points. They win 56-28 to start off the season, a perfect 1-0 against the Spartans of San Jose State. However, USC unable to cover as a 30-and-a-half point favorite. Now, entering year number two under Lincoln Riley in L.A., the Trojans just 7-7 against the number as a favorite. Caleb Williams did play into the fourth quarter, but as you think about the stories from this game, A USC defense that ranked in the bottom half of college football last year, allowing more than 29 points per game. A Trojans defense that was bottom 30, allowing 424 yards to their opponent on average, gave up some points and some yardage on Saturday against the Spartans. The team total for San Jose State, 17 and a half. They sail well over that. The total for the game, 66 and a hook. They go over that as well. USC allowed San Jose State to rack up nearly 400 yards, 396 in total. Some concerns on the other side for the defense for USC under Alex Grinch. But the main storyline, the return of Caleb Williams for the second consecutive year, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner back in CFB. And he looked the part of a Heisman winner on Saturday. 18 of 25, 278 yards through the air, four touchdowns over his passing TD prop of three and a half. And get used to one of his favorite new targets the young freshman in LA 
Zachariah Branch, who alludes to the memories of Reggie Bush in the early 2000s. Zachariah Branch on Saturday in his debut in college football. Four grabs, 58 yards, one of the touchdown tosses from Caleb Williams. Also had a 96-yard kickoff return and returned three punts as well for a total of 66 yards. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening day of the opening hour of a new week live right here on TMA. It's a Monday on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our other radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the reigning Heisman winner and his sixth-ranked USC Trojans team, Caleb Williams, in action, starts SC off with a perfect 1-0 start, 56-28, the victory over San Jose State. However, the Trojans do not cover as a 30-and-a-half-point home favorite, but Caleb was sensational. Nearly 300 yards of passing and four touchdowns on Saturday against San Jose State. It was a Dublin debut across the pond in Ireland, aptly named for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. The number 13 team in the country, Steamrolls Navy, thoroughly dominant all game long from the very start until the very end as Notre Dame picks up a victory 42-3. The first season opening win in year number two for Marcus Freeman. Audric Estime, the man on your screen, 16 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. And Marcus Freeman and his Irish team last year as a favorite, just 3-5 and five against the spread. Notre Dame on Saturday easily steamrolling and covering as a 20-and-a-half point favorite. The Irish nearly over the game total of 48-and-a-half by themselves scoring 42 points. And the story for the Irish, Sam Hartman, 19 of 23. He had as many incompletions as touchdown tosses in his Notre Dame debut on Saturday, 251 yards, four tuds for Hartman, the transfer from Wake Forest. Those four passing touchdowns for Sam Hartman, the most ever by a quarterback in his Notre Dame debut. As we look at the season outlook for Notre Dame, Eight and a half was the win total for the Irish entering the year. A little bit more juice now on the over. Their price to reach the CFP has not changed. The price to win the national championship has not changed. Still 30 to 1. But Sam Hartman's Heisman Trophy winning price down by about two bucks. It was 18 to 1 entering the Dublin debut. Now plus 1,600. It is now the first full game week of the college football season. Week one is on the horizon. You don't have to wait very long. Games start on Thursday. Starting Thursday until Monday, 85 games featuring an FBS team. More around college football up next on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning app. Live right here on this Monday on SportsGrid in Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. DRS joins us here on this Monday on TMA to break things down all across college football. DRS, how was your week zero Saturday in the seven FBS games that we had? It is week one, though, DRS. Over the next week, we have 80 
five FBS games over a span of five consecutive days. Things are good, DRS, but we start across the pond in Dublin. Notre Dame and Navy, the 13th-ranked Irish, picking up a season-opening victory in dominant fashion in Dublin, DRS. Marcus Freeman, year number two at the helm, a perfect 1-0 start. As Notre Dame wins 42-3, impressive in the route against the midshipmen, covering as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. It was fantastic. I love the way Notre Dame started out here. And also, if you take a look at Sam Hartman, forget about even the Heisman Trophy at this point. What did you want to see? Just being competent? Yes, more than competent. He was fantastic. I actually had the team total for Notre Dame over 34 and a half. It's covered easily early parts of the third quarter. But here's what I like best. You could say to yourself right now, okay, Notre Dame, did they get a fight from Navy? No, they didn't. But everything you saw to Sam Hartman was spectacular. Even in the face of pressure when he was taking hits, being able to deliver from the pocket. Sky's the limit for Notre Dame. If you start out Sam Sam Hartman's career at Notre Dame that's the perfect game that you would always envision the most touchdown passes in a Notre Dame debut for a quarterback in the long history of the Golden Domer Sam Hartman had as many touchdown tosses four as incompletions on Saturday in Dublin 19 of 23 for 251 yards and DRS it came really easy for Notre Dame in every facet 42 points for the Irish in Ireland, nearly over the game total by themselves. It was 48 and a hook for Notre Dame. But because the defense was dominant, the total stays under. As we look at this Notre Dame team, DRS, expectation mm-hmm. is high, as it always is, in South Bend. Eight and a half remains the win total. More juice on the over now, though, for the Irish. Nothing really changed. They were a three-touchdown favorite, and they covered on Saturday on expectation. Still plus 750 to make the CFP here in 2023, 30-1 to win a national championship. DRS, what is your outlook for Notre Dame this season? I think they have a quality season, but some of the games probably are going to catch them here, which would keep them out. But having said that again, look, we are human beings here. We know this is a business. The business for college football to get Notre Dame into a playoff is big business. So the reason I bring this up is when you come down to the end of the season and it's Notre Dame and it's TCU in a virtual tie, come on now. Is it really a virtual tie? Notre Dame's going to get that each and every time. So maybe you take a look and say, okay, loved what I saw against Navy. If there is a question mark, Ben, coming in at the end, End of the season, Notre Dame's going to get the nod. Look, the sky's the limit. There's nothing bad you could say about Notre Dame right now with that performance. Nothing. Notre Dame, their season gets tougher, DRS, starting in late September, week number four. Yeah. They host Ohio State. They host USC midway through October. They travel to Clemson, South Carolina in the month of November. Three, those three games critical. They could not only decide Notre Dame's fate in 2023's college football campaign, but the fate of the country as you focus on teams from the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. Speaking of those Trojans, number six USC starts off with 56 points as the reigning Heisman winner Caleb Williams DRS looked apart on Saturday against San Jose State. 56-28, the victory for the Trojans 30 and a half was the spread, or yeah, 30 and a half was the spread, DRS. USC unable to cover because the defense still gave up 28 points to the Spartans. So, Donnie, what was your overall assessment of Southern Cal on Saturday night? 
Again, just like Notre Dame, probably exactly as expected here. We knew the offense was going to move. The defense is going to struggle. But I actually took you know, a little bit of a, you know what, interesting bet here. I went San Jose State's team total over 17.5 in that game, and it came in, which was fantastic. But if you're also looking at the season-long you know, prognostication here for USC, they're going to get a lot of highlights here. Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona, before they get on the road to Notre Dame, which the reason I'm bringing this up is not because, yeah. hey, fantastic for SC, but for Notre Dame. You might be looking at a top five, top three, top two football team by the time the USC has to head to Notre Dame. That might help Notre Dame out yeah. as well. It's a good point, DLRS. The Trojans' back half of their schedule, their yeah. final six games, much more difficult than the start. Five of their final six. Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. Those are some of the games they have down the back half of this 2023 college football season. And the defense does give you some cause for concern. It was the Achilles heel of the Trojans last year. It has been the biggest issue under Alex Grinch in his time with Lincoln Riley. The two were together in their three years in Norman in Oklahoma. DRS, as we focus, though, on the highlight of Saturday, it was Caleb Williams, 18 of 25 for nearly 280 yards, four touchdown tosses as well over his passing TD prop of three and a hook. And Donnie, to your point, Caleb Williams is going to have some opportunities here in the first half of this season for USC to put up gaudy numbers to only bolster his Heisman campaign. He is still the favorite five to one, half the price of the field and DRS because USC did not win the Pac-12 championship last year because the Trojans did not make the college football playoff there is some room for growth for Caleb Williams because his individual success this year could lead to even more team success a big big note in terms of your Heisman campaign it certainly is. And also, sometimes, Ben, along the way, you want some Heisman moments. Not to say it was a game where they had to pull it out and get a rabbit out of a hat here. 56 to 28 was a blowout. But how about the 76 yard touchdown pass where he fumbles? The football goes back, composes himself, rolls out of the pocket, and throws yeah. a laser beam downfield to Taj Washington. We know he's going to have those big moments. But also, when you're looking to get the Heisman, he's going to rack up monster numbers, then get to Notre Dame in a primetime game, and he can have more Heisman yep. moments at that point. The season schedule is set for US and also to win a Heisman for Caleb. They just have to be that good on offense, which probably, Ben, they can be. And they have a new tool in USC. Zachariah Branch, the young freshman in Los Angeles. Four grabs, 58 yards, a touchdown, and a 96-yard kickoff return. A guy that can do it all at Southern California. Reminds you of Reggie Bush. At least to start, we're not saying he's Reggie Bush just yet. DRS, though, interesting movement for USC. $4 added on the price for number six, USC, following their 28-point victory on Saturday. Maybe some, some cause for concern based on the odds for USC this year. A 20-to-1 number now for the Trojans. It was 16-to-1 for USC entering Week zero, DRS, as you look at the national title odds, what are your thoughts entering week one when all of college football gets underway? 
Exactly. Maybe you're just looking for value at this point because the games will be handled on the field. Those numbers will work out at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But it is kind of comical where what did you actually want from USC? We wanted to see them explosive on offense with an easy victory, which, Ben, is exactly what we got. But the fact of the matter, oh, man, San Jose put up 28. Wait till Notre Dame hangs 50 on them. So what? USC can score with them. I love the fact here. I don't agree with that line movement, but boy, oh, boy, first couple weeks of the season, we're going to see a lot of movement here in the top. It might be the idea of being a truly elite and well-rounded team to win a national championship, but it's just about getting to the college football playoff to pave that path. The Pac-12, as a conference, has not seen the CFP since the 2016 season. Week one is not all that far away. 11 FBS games on Thursday night, more on Friday, and then a ton on Saturday into Sunday, even one on Monday. 85 games in week number one of this college football season. We're back on the morning after. Up next here live on SportsGrid to go around the Major League Baseball diamond. Come back and join us. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com back live right here to start off a new week live on a monday on the morning after on sports grid i am ben stevens he is drs donnie right side back for a second consecutive segment and what can't this guy do a recap of week zero saturday in college football before now around the diamond dash in major league baseball looking back on the weekend that was a drs for the second consecutive sunday the giants faced off against the braves with san francisco trying to avoid a sweep at the hands of atlanta yesterday san francisco did at home by the bay as a slight money line underdog san francisco's holds off the braves eight to five the victory for sf atlanta entered yesterday's finale winning four straight drs the giants entered yesterday's finale losers of 14 of their last 16 they're outside the national league wildcard chase at the moment they're just trying to keep their heads above water the giants able to hold on for that eight five win yesterday at home in san francisco yeah, certainly Jekyll and Hyde, one of those teams we didn't expect a whole heck of a lot from Ben here entering into 2023 and all of a sudden found themselves in the wild card race now looking just outside the edge. But that's the fun of it. The extra wild card team is going to provide a lot of life to teams that might not have had so much life here in the past years. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. But by the way, I'm not high on the Giants overall. I just don't think the talent is there. Yeah. But heading down the stretch, all you got to do is jump one or two teams and you're in there, Ben. DRS, as we look at the National League pennant odds, it's really been the story of the season way back in the preseason odds, even early on, but is certainly solidified in the second half of this MLB campaign. There is a clear distinction, a clear tier of two atop the National League. The Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta, the favorite, plus 135, only 25 cents in front of LA DRS. The Dodgers hold a plus 160 price. Then you see nearly an $8 drop-off to Philadelphia, a plus 950 number, and then a $6.5 drop-off to the Milwaukee Brewers, who hold a four-game lead in the National League Central at 16-1. to DRS, what does the distinction in the odds for the National League pennant race signify to you? 
There are two clear teams, obviously, in the Braves and the Dodgers, and we respect that. Two very good one through nines, solid starting pitching, bullpens, and also pedigree. But the thing that's starting to get interesting now is the Phillies playing much better baseball than they were in April and May. That used to be a 10-to-1 plus place here on the yep. National League, now plus 950, so creeping a little bit in closer. Also, keep an eye on the Brewers. Now, I don't like the Brewers overall from a talent perspective. Their one through nine right. is a lot to leave lacking there and certainly using to the imagination. But having said that, the Brewers down the stretch, they got the starting pitching. They got the bullpen here. You get them in a short series, they're going to be trouble. They're sitting now at a 16-1 to price. They're going to probably win yep. their division, which means a home playoff round. Watch out for the boring Brewers here coming down the stretch. The Brewers' offense also picking up as well, DRS. Ten runs yesterday at home against the Padres. The Brew Crew, the hottest yep. team in MLB. Eight consecutive wins at this moment for Milwaukee. The Dodgers and the Red Sox in Fenway Park. A historic series this weekend. L.A. took the opener. Boston responds to even the series on Saturday the Dodgers win the rubber match yesterday, 7-4 against the Red Sox. L.A. now DRS in the month of August, 21-5. And it's important now, DRS, in the final month or so of this MLB season to pay attention to the postseason positioning and what the bracket might look like. L.A. is now four games back of the Braves for what would be the number one seed in the National League playoff bracket. Home field advantage starting to pay uh, attention to here, DRS, and could pay dividends by the time we get to that postseason picture. But right now, L.A., 21-5 and here in the month of August. But I'll tell you this, too. Like, let's forget about, like, heading down the back stretch. We were told just a few short years ago by the Boston Red Sox, hey, you know what? Mookie's going to cost a lot of money. Let's get back Verdugo and a couple guys here. Mookie Betts is now on the verge to win MVP in the National League and doing big things yep. in Fenway. It's amazing, Ben, to watch this work its way out. How did the Boston Red Sox let Mookie Betts, a generational talent, get away? And, man, he is a superstar in Los Angeles. A superstar with a 315 average this year, 35 homers, 93 RBIs, and he scored 110 runs. He does it all for the Dodgers, not only offensively, but has played all over the field, including shortstop for the Dodgers early this year. DRS, less than two weeks ago, Ronald Acuna Jr. was a minus, a minus 550 favorite to win the National League MVP award. Now it's bets with an odds-on minus money price at minus 140. DRS, do you agree with the drastic movement we have seen in the National League MVP race? I, I do agree with it based on the numbers here, but being handicappers, we're trained eyes that just look at odds all the way through. And quite frankly, Kevin brought it up to me this morning. I never would have checked the markets because you figured it was Acuna was going to win it and Otani's yep. going to win it. Why am I even checking the FanDuel Sportsbook anymore for odds here? So I was astounded because we were looking at three to four, you know, minus 300, minus 400 favorite here for Ronald Acuna. Now he's at a dog and it's not anything he's been doing wrong. It's just that Mookie Betts has absolutely been on fire. But my goodness, for all all season long, it was Acuna's to lose. Yeah. He's actually not losing it. Betts is just winning it right now. It's still a plus-125 number on Acuna Jr. Mookie, two weeks ago, DRS, was 32-1. to one. That is drastic movement in the <laughs> NL MVP race. I will say this. 
Ronald Acuna Jr. started off so strong this year. He was on pace maybe for a historic individual season. We had never seen a 40 homer, 75 stolen base season in the history of MLB. He's cooled off that historic pace, but you see the numbers. He's still batting 330. He still hit nearly 30 home runs and has stolen nearly 60 bags at this moment with a month left I would keep an eye on Ronald Acuna Jr. who has been nearly as strong of an odds-on favorite DRS to win the National League MVP as Shohei Otani has been to win the American League MVP all year long until the past few days. A big series this weekend DRS in the desert where the Arizona Diamondbacks have turned things around drastically in the last two weeks plus. They take the series yesterday against Cincinnati. It was the Reds snapping a six-game win streak for the Diamondbacks on Saturday night. Arizona wins the four-game set, taking three of four. They've won 12 of their last 15. DRS a big eighth inning, three runs in what was a tied ball game at 2-2 to for Arizona. Gives them the win, gives them three of four against Cincinnati, and opens up the lead for that third and final National league wildcard spot DRS for the D-backs by a game and a half over both the Reds the team they were playing and their division arrivals the San Francisco Giants what's the best way to climb up the ladder here beat the teams technically around you or in front of you and they have done that here and also take a look at the Diamondbacks who theoretically been what around the let's just say all-star break fighting for a possible NL West championship fallen by the wayside playing horrible baseball left for dead here they come surging back and this is why it's so important get the lulls out of the way so you can close strong and try to make a playoff spot if the season ended today guess what Diamondbacks are playing postseason baseball here Ben by a pretty good margin. Again, a game and a half advantage now yeah. for Arizona over the Giants and the Reds. The market and the positioning and the standings and the National League wildcard race has been that truly wild in the last two weeks. It changes on a daily basis. Now a small gap. The Phillies own a three and a half game lead over the D-backs for the top spot. Three games in front of the Cubs. Chicago a half game in front of of Arizona, who again leads the Giants and the Reds by a game and a half. Although Arizona's price DRS to win the pennant in the National League, technically $5 longer than that of San Francisco. A 24 to 1 price for the Giants, 29 to 1 for Arizona. Elsewhere, DRS, it has been a struggle for the Rangers here as of late. Texas did snap an eight game losing skid on Saturday against the Twins. They were looking to make it two straight. It goes to extras last night in Minneapolis, where in the home half of the 13th inning, the Twins had three walks uttered in a row to them in that inning to walk it off with a walk. And because of it, DRS, Minnesota 7-6 win in 13 innings yesterday. The Rangers, for the first time in a while, do not occupy or even hold a share of the divisional lead in the American League West. It's pretty crazy because the Central now looks like it's about to be wrapped up by the Twins. We should have been saying the same thing for the Texas Rangers about this time, but that's yep. what happens when one team goes 9-1 and one in their last 10. That's the Mariners. One team goes 1-9 and nine in their last 10. That's the Texas Rangers. What a down-the-stretch-they-come moment here for the AL West for sure. It is going to be fascinating, DRS. Seattle starts a midweek series against Oakland. Over the weekend, they swept the Royals. That's what you would expect Seattle to do in this spot. Julio Rodriguez, a 2-1 homer yesterday in the series finale against KC. He has a 12-game hit streak. So, DRS, when you look at the American League West standings at the moment, Seattle now 
holds a game advantage over both the Rangers and the Astros. Houston, though, remains the favorite by 15 cents in front of the M's. Seattle ends the year, DRS, with 10 games, three series consecutively against Texas, Houston, and then Texas. So Seattle might be able to grow the advantage right now against KC and Oakland, but it will come down to the final week and a half of this Major League Baseball season. DRS, if you had to put a pin in it at the moment, who are you picking to win to win the American League West? I'm going to go with the Astros. I'm going to keep with it. You know, the first couple months of the season, I was looking towards the Rangers. And granted, they still could win it here. But I just think the Astros match up better. And I'm glad you brought up that point. When you have a chance to make up some games in the standings like the Mariners are doing, take advantage of it. Because sooner or later, that schedule is going to switch over. And if we're taking a look at teams within two games of each other with two weeks to go, the Mariners are really going to have to earn this if they want it. They are certainly going to have to earn it, but DRS, it just stands out to me. The M's, who snapped a two-decade-long playoff drought with a wild run last year, doing the same thing here. We thought Seattle might be able to battle back for an American League wildcard spot. Now the Mariners have a lead in the division in the American League West, but the two other teams, the Rangers and the Astros now, take up the final two spots in the American League wildcard chase, both two and a half in front of the Toronto Blue Jays from Major League Baseball to the final weekend of preseason football in the National Football League up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A significant 48-hour stretch around the National Football League because tomorrow in the NFL is cut day, ending out training camp before regular season preparations fully begin around the National Football League. DRS, tomorrow, the 90 guys you have had throughout camp need to be cut down to 53, a dramatic and significant day for NFL clubs, all 32 of them around the league, which also signifies the end of preseason football. DRS week number three now, the preseason finale around the NFL in the books as of last night. And now we look forward to a regular season less than two weeks away in the National Football League. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. And also, keep in mind, for so many years, we had the cutdowns usually after like week two of the preseason, week three, and then the final cuts week four, where it's only like, hey, maybe 10 or so guys. Now you get that full shot here, and there's going to be a lot of players that you probably didn't expect to be cut getting cut. But also keep in mind, the NFL, I mean, they do things sneaky and underhanded. They'll cut the veterans. They'll sign them after week one because their vested veterans don't get the full immunity there for the season. So keep an eye on that as well. Some guys will be cut. They'll be brought right back to these teams. You'll see some names that you know being cut by teams around the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers will not be cut, but he did make his debut in a Jets uniform DRS in the preseason finale for Gang Green on Saturday night. It was New York versus New York in New Jersey, the Jets and the Giants. New York, that being the Jets, winning 32-24. to But we don't care about the final score. We care about Aaron Rodgers and his first action as a New York Jet. DRS, he played the two offensive possessions to open up the game for the Jets. And on the second and final, he threw a touchdown pass on a back shoulder fade into the front of the end zone to Garrett Wilson from 14 yards out. It was everything 
that Jets fans have been dreaming of DRS for the past decade. Aaron Rodgers, 5 of 8 for 47 yards and a touchdown toss on Saturday night. DRS, it was what Jets fans have dreamed of all offseason and preseason long. How did you react to Aaron Rodgers' preseason debut for Gang Green? I liked it. Total was 38 and a half in that game. I thought it would go over because why? You were guaranteed at least one touchdown drive when Aaron Rodgers was in the game. He wasn't there bend the hand yeah. at all for kick a field goal or, you know, struggle out there. We knew he was going to put on a performance, and he did. Only eight attempts he needed, one touchdown pass, 47 yards, and away they go into the season. But the thing I liked even more was this wasn't just, okay, you know, on script, you know, plays that were easy to do. This was a sight adjustment in the red zone to a young wide receiver that looks to be a superstar. Mm. Star, when you already have mm. that two guys, meaning Aaron Rodgers and Wilson, on the same page, could the sky be the limit for the young guy this year? I think Garrett Wilson's going to have a big season. The reigning offensive rookie of the year in the National yeah. Football League, year number two for the Jets out of Ohio State. He wears number 17. Aaron Rodgers has publicly said he loves his number 17s as his wide receivers. It echoes back to Devontae Adams in Green Bay. It's all optimism. It's all sky-high expectation DRS like the Empire State Building high in New York City. Nine and a half the win total for the Jets trying to get to the playoffs. They're favored to do so for the first time since 2010. A 10-to-1 number tied for the fourth best to win the AFC title at this moment. DRS after preseason football, after training camp that was documented for us on Hard Knocks around the Jets facility. Do you feel any differently about New York entering 2023 now, DRS, as you did earlier in the summer? No, it's about the same because we expect Aaron Rodgers to be a very good quarterback. But here's the interesting part, too. The expectations are sky high in New York. So you'd say to yourself, like, well, what's the team total? 12 and a half with Aaron Rodgers? Like, all they were needing was a quarterback, and they got one of the best of all time. That just shows you how hard this schedule is going to be mm. for the Jets. So it's two sides here, Ben, right? If they go through the season and win 11 or 12 games on that schedule, watch out for the playoffs. But again, if they somehow come in around 10 and 7 to get a wild card, still watch out for the Jets in the playoffs. It's one game with Aaron Rodgers at that point here. Sky's the limit for them, and you're rightfully so. Those expectations, they should be high. That's why you got Aaron Rodgers. Not to make the playoffs, but to make a run at a championship. And DRS, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The summation of how the Jets feel entering this year. What is realistic expectation? What is the true evaluation of this team? And what does success look like in 2023 with Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback because the Jets have failed to make the playoffs since 2010 it's the longest postseason drought by a good margin in the National Football League so is success getting to the playoffs probably not it's about winning postseason games it's about being a true conference championship contender but it all goes with a long drought of not even seeing the postseason DRS it's my favorite storyline that I can't wait to detail with you throughout this National Football League season in 2023. On Friday night, DRS, some more quarterback news around the NFL. Trey Lance has officially played his last game as a San Francisco 49er. Trey Lance is now a Dallas Cowboy. The number three overall selection in the 2021 NFL Draft, DRS, who the Niners traded up to get at third overall is now a Dallas Cowboy. Dealt to Dallas for a 2024 fourth 
round pick. DRS, what is your reaction to this big deal? Do you like the trade for either side? I don't. Really, I like to trade for the 49ers because I think everybody probably thought, Ben, what, you're going to get him for free because they were going to cut him sooner than later. So getting anything back for Trey Lance certainly would be a win for the 49ers. Now, looking at the trade, too, here's the tough part about it. Trey Lance was supposed to come into Kyle Shanahan's offense and revolutionize it, which means an unbelievable running and passing option. It never materialized, which the problem would be is then you say, okay, was it Trey Lance's fault or Kyle Shanahan? He said openly, I think I let the kid down, to be honest with you, and he did because if you can't can't work out in Kyle Shanahan's system with those weapons. Maybe it is the quarterback and not the coach himself, but also going to the Dallas Cowboys. What does it say here? Oh, if Dak Prescott doesn't work out and he does, he could be our guy, or we're going to keep him on our roster for two or three years, but if Dak plays well, he's never going to play, and we'll try to tell everybody how good he was, Ben, to try to get some compensation back. It didn't make sense for me for the Dallas Cowboys, having said that. If he was cut and the Cowboys picked him up, I wouldn't have any issues. It's just kind of puzzling to me of what they anticipate yeah. they're getting from Trey Lance at this point. You want to see if Trey Lance can match the ceiling that San Francisco felt he had moving up to third overall. But does he get the opportunity to do that in Dallas behind Dak Prescott? There's the player card for Lance. He was the starter last year, entering 2022 for the 49ers. The man expected to bring Kyle Shanahan's mastermind offense to a level we had not seen under Jimmy Garoppolo. Then he was injured in the opening quarter, week number two against Seattle, broke his ankle, did not play again last season in 2022. Of course, Brock Purdy then came in for an injured Jimmy G late last year, and now Mr. Irrelevant is Mr. Relevant in the face of the franchise in San Francisco. But DRS, let's not forget what San Francisco gave up to get Trey Lance. It will be considered, in my estimation, one of the biggest draft flops you will ever see. They traded three first-round picks and a third-round pick to move up from 12th overall to 3rd overall to get Trey Lance in front of Justin Fields, in front of Mac Jones. And listen, the book still needs to be written on both Fields and Jones entering year number three in the National Football League. But DRS, when you look back, Maybe John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan don't deserve the pedigree that we give them at times, certainly in their talent evaluation. It was a ton to invest in a guy that played seven games for you in total in his two years in the National Football League. And I know some people will try to say, well, it doesn't matter where you got him at, Ben, right? You got Brock Purdy. No, that's not the case. Like, there were guys like Jamar Chase on the board, I believe, when you could have drafted there. And also, the future one. So, let's just say you still kept Jimmy Garoppolo and had two or three more first-round picks in your pocket on a team that's this talented here. So, I know they'll try to play it out. It's like, well, they got Brock Purdy, and that's an even up. No, it's not. You can't give up that much draft capital because, quite frankly, if they didn't give it up, maybe the 49ers already have a Super Bowl under their belt over the past couple years under Shanahan. And there is so much talent currently on the roster around whoever plays quarterback. Brock Purdy, of course, is that guy. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayu, George Kittle, not to name the rest on the defensive side of the football, but it does puzzle the mind what you gave up and invested in Trey Lance to only ship him away about two years later. By the way... The Niners had to play a preseason game on Friday night, not long after the blockbuster deal to send Trey Lance to Dallas. The Bolts beat the Niners pretty handily by double digits. And San Francisco DRS was a seven and a half point favorite before the trade because we thought we might see Lance one final time. Brock Purdy 
Played two offensive possessions. Five of nine, 73 yards, a rushing score. Sam Darnold, now the backup in San Francisco. Six of 11, 89 yards, and a touchdown. DRS, as we focus on Mr. Irrelevant, the seventh-round draft pick, the final pick of the 2022 NFL draft, who came on and led San Francisco to an NFC championship game, part of a 12-game win streak. Do you believe in Purdy at the helm of the Niners entering his second NFL year in the 2023 season for San Francisco. I, I, it's not so much that you say you want to believe in Brock Purdy. I just believe in the Kyle Shanahan system. If I can get a competent quarterback, which includes Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, we're going to put up points, we're going to move the football, we're going to lean on that electric defense here. So sometimes the answering the question is, do I think Brock Purdy is going to be an all-pro caliber player? No, I don't, but he doesn't need to be that. Do I think I'm going to get competency out of Brock Purdy? Yes, I do. Therefore, I trust Brock Purdy and the 49ers this year. It is so fascinating to me, DRS, because Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo have led this team to three of the last four NFC title games. And the thought always was, wait until Kyle Shanahan really gets his hands on a quarterback. The offense that gets them there is going to be the reason they win a Lombardi trophy in the Bay. Is Brock Purdy that guy? He has now been trusted to be in San Francisco. We'll see what the season holds in 2023. DRS, as you look at the NFC Championship odds, the Eagles and the Mm -hmm. Niners, the two teams that faced off at the link in Philadelphia on Conference Championship Sunday last year, have the two shortest prices to to do it again. Plus 334 for the Birds, 4-1 to for San Francisco, a $2 drop-off from that point to the Dallas Cowboys, who, of course, traded with the Niners on Friday night for Trey Lance at 6-1. to DRS, you look up and down the NFC title odds. Who do you have the most trust and confidence in? It's probably going to be the Philadelphia Eagles because Jalen Hurts, from all accounts here, hasn't played in the preseason but looks absolutely incredible, even less body fat than last year and primed for a great season. However, the Philadelphia Eagles do have a tough schedule. Could it come down to this, Ben, and just be so simple? The Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are going to play each other this year. Once again, it's going to be in Philadelphia. Maybe the winner of that game is going to decide home field advantage in the NFC, and that could be massive because if you look at the Eagles being home field, you trust them. If the 49ers have that home field advantage in the NFC playoffs, maybe you trust them. But also, do we trust the Lions, the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Mm. Saints here? Going to be questionable here. If there's one team that can rise up and put it all together, maybe it's the Dallas Cowboys. But we've been saying that since the mid-1990s. Enough is enough maybe it's just going to come down to the Eagles and the 49ers and since their final Super Bowl for Dallas in 1995 they've appeared in the postseason 12 times in the last three decades in DRS they have never gotten past the division around they haven't even played for a conference championship let alone won a conference championship (laughs) in the last 30 years nearly I think you can poke large holes in everybody in the NFC outside of maybe the Niners the quarterback maybe has some questions but Philadelphia DRS is the only team I have full confidence in he's Donnie right side DRS on this Monday we always appreciate the time more of the morning after up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com 
We round out this opening hour of the opening day of a new week. It's a Monday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, and that includes the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, now available for download at both the Apple and the Play stores. You can't scan the QR code on your screen. In a matter of moments, you will have the new Sports Grid app in the palm of your hand. It does not matter if you use an iPhone or an Android. All of our information, insight, and data in the palm of your hands after you scan the QR code or go to your favorite store and download the Sports Grid app. It is smarter to be on Sports Grid. We love hearing from you, the public. We love getting a sense of how you are viewing things in the sports landscape. And as we focus on the stretch run of this Major League Baseball season in 2023. The race for the top spot in divisional title and the American League West has become fascinating and intense. So who wins the AL West this season? That was the question in Faye the Public. So right now, because the Texas Rangers have dropped eight of their last nine games make that nine of their last 10 and the Mariners have won nine of their last 10 and the Astros are still there Seattle holds a game lead over both Texas and Houston at this moment so who wins the American League West in 2023 at Sports Grid TV on Twitter that was the question the Rangers Mariners Astros most of the public about 40 percent of the public going with Seattle and yet it's the Astros Booked as the slight favorite, plus 145, the number for Houston in the American League West odds. Seattle back by 15 cents. The Rangers fall off by nearly a dollar behind the team from H-Town. This race is going to come down to the final week and a half of this Major League Baseball season at the end of September. Hour number two of a Monday Live right here on the morning after is on the way. Come back and join us. Live right here on SportsGrid.